Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Everybody, welcome to After Hours here on on Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Uh, Today, we're talking with Larry Molestic. Here, uh, new book, Golf Road, My Time with the Masters of the Game. I recommend it. It's a fun book to read. Uh, If you've been around golf for more than two minutes, he's got some great stories in there where he worked with some of the, the really the masters and I'm not talking about Augusta, but the masters of the game. Uh, Okay. uh, Larry, are you ready for a little bit of the lightning round here? Let's go fire away, Jeff. Okay. If you could play a round of golf with one of your heroes, who would it be? Hogan. There you go. You talk about steely blue eyes and abuse. There, there we go. The hawk. <laughs> yeah, the hawk. So if um, if magically, Larry, I declared you supreme leader of golf for one day and you get to make a decree, what would your decree be? What would that people play faster? Yeah, You know, I just find, Jeff, I can't believe how, you know, golf, uh, we're all riding carts now. I mean, uh, how is it taking five and six hours? When I grew up canning at North Shore Country Club, we used to play in four hours. Where, where'd that go? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't get that either with the carts. Um, I mean, if you're, if you were playing in a pro-am or something and you've got, because pro-am, sometimes they load up those teams with more than four people because there's too many of them, depending on the event. And and I understand how <clears throat> those can take a little longer, but on your average round of golf, uh, it shouldn't be taking you five and six hours. Amen. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry for the frog in my throat there. Um, what would? Here's one you're gonna love. What would be your last meal on death row? <laughs> what would my wife's enchiladas? Okay, what time's dinner? Yeah, she makes some great enchiladas. My wife is, is, is uh, the love of my life. She's half Mexican, half Canadian, which makes her my little frozen burrito. <laughs> there you go. You so don't think it's funny. I told her that's that's funny. Hey, by the way, Trevino used to bust my balls all the time because he knew she was half Hispanic. Hey, Larry, you ain't going to marry that Mexican broad, are you? <laughs> which just would make me laugh. Right. I'll tell you a story about Trevino. He was up here playing in the, uh, uh, oh crap. Hold on a second. Um, he was up here playing in what used to be the Fred Meyer challenge. We, yeah. And it was, uh, we called it Peter's party and all that stuff. Okay. So he's got these group of business guys with him. And they're on, they're behind the pin on the green, right on the first cut. No big deal. And 
Trevino puts it, he goes first, and then a couple of the other guys they put it. A guy, one of the guys walks up with his uh wedge. And Trevino looks at him, he goes, what the hell do you think you're doing? And he goes, well, it's a long putt. I'm going to chip it. He goes, there's only one guy that can chip that putt, and that's Raymond Floyd. And brother, you ain't Raymond Floyd. And that guy, <laughs> got, that guy got so deflated, and he kind of trundled back and grabbed his putter and came up. And, of course, he missed the putt anyway. <clears throat> but yeah, I, 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 I saw Lee one time. There was, he, Lee was on the driving range, and um, – he half shanked one, you know, these, these guys are only human and he half shanked one. And there was a gal behind the ropes and she said, Lee, that looked like one of mine. And he gave her the dirtiest of looks. And he said, lady, the only thing we may have in common is you might be right-handed. <laughs> yeah. He can be tough. He can be a Lee could leave <laughs> tear the face off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you could dine with a historical figure, Larry, who would that figure be and what would be on the menu? If I could oh, dine with a historical figure, who would that be? Yep. And what would be on the menu? Um, you know what I would say? Let me think about that. That's a great question. Um, I would say probably um, Walter Hagen. And I would want to have hot dogs. Uh, okay. Works for me. I mean, you know, that's why they called him Sir Walter. You yeah, know. there we go. My favorite Hagen story is, you know, he was also quite the philanderer. And his wife was in the hotel after an, an event. And he'd gone out that evening. He comes back and he takes off his tux. And he doesn't have any underwear on. And she says, where, where's your underwear? And he goes, my God, I've been robbed. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I like it. Yeah. Um, what did the caddies do during weather delays? I mean, the, the, the pros go in, they have a sandwich. They, you know, they can have what they want. They can watch TV, <clears throat> take a nap, you know, whatever um you guys didn't always have the ability to get into the clubhouse um and i know in the book they you said about they crowded you into it some tents and stuff but what did you normally do did you have time to get something to eat or did you just try to you know go through and clean the clubs or what were you doing we would stay out of the weather more than anything and i mean i mean jeff i remember being you know holed up in a cart barn you know, down below. But yeah. it was funny if there was, you know, if 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 it was any length of, of time, uh, you know, the caddy stories that get rolling and, and that would usually uh, devolve. And the next thing you know, it 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 get a little risque. And <laughs> so uh, there was there was some real uh, debauchery that would occur. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Um, Larry, if we put your your skills to music, what would the music be? My skills, what skills? Well, your supposed skills of caddying. Oh, well, well uh, it would definitely be some kind of a, it'd be something classical, very, <laughs> it would be, it would be something, yeah, it would have Beethoven probably, maybe a little Bach. Yeah, a little Bolero in there or something. Oh, yeah, there we go. I love it. There you go. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? I would definitely be a, uh, 
I'd definitely be a tiger. Yeah. There you go. There you go. If you could erase one mistake from your past, what would it be? Getting out of caddying when I did. <laughs> the money these guys are making now, Jeff, it's just, it's, it's obscene. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, my wife here is what some of these guys are making. I mean, do, do you know, Jeff, that prior to Bones going to caddy for Jimmy Johnson, uh, sorry, for Justin Thomas, Jimmy Johnson was on his bag. I heard that Jimmy Johnson made more money caddying for Justin Thomas that year when he was number one player on the planet than mm. Arnold Palmer made playing the PGA Tour. And when my wife hears stuff like that, believe me, do I get an earful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, you know, when you look at like uh, Joe LaCava, he's got a he's got a contract. Plus, he's got his percentages and expenses and stuff. But he's got a monthly contract with them, whether they play or not. Yeah. And I think Bones was probably the same way. Um, you know, maybe Jimmy Johnson. There's a bunch of them out there that are uh, been around long enough that can probably eke a few more dollars out of their player than some guy they picked up in the parking lot, you know? Yeah. 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 Amen. Um, you know, rumor. I had heard, I don't know that this is true. I had heard that Steve Williams' net worth is higher than Tom Watson's. Probably. And it, it could, you know, that that could very well be. I mean, Steve, um, you know, I mentioned Steve in Golf Road. He was one of the super cads. He wasn't one of the sod hogs. Steve wasn't sleeping in tents on the driving ranges. But Steve, God bless him, was he was a man on a mission and uh, mission accomplished. Steve, um, he did really, really well for himself. Yes, he did, because um, I know this for a fact that I don't know if he still owns it, but he had a house over in Sun River, uh, which is in central Oregon, and they have a wonderful golf course there. Steve's pretty good stick and all that. But when they were on tour and they had some downtime, he would come up here in the Northwest and his family was here for the summer and things like that at times. And it, you could walk out uh, and, you know, he might be playing in the group in front of you or he might join your group, you know? Yeah. And yeah. those houses there are not cheap. So, you know, yeah. it's not like having a fishing shack down by some lake. It it's you know it's a expensive deal. Um, what was the worst tournament you ever had to work? Uh, you know, it's funny. It's it's the only reason I bring it up is because it's supposed to be a major. I worked the senior British at Lytham and St. Anne's mm -hmm. uh, in '93. I went over. Gary got a uh, an exemption as a former British Open champion. So he played the open in a, uh, sorry, 93 at Royal St. George's, which was interesting. Uh, you know, listen to the dichotomy here, Jeff. So I'm sleeping in a tent on the driving range in 85, working the open at Royal St. George's, sneaking in the clubhouse shower. Fast forward to 1993, I fly on Gary's jet to... <laughs> The same tournament, and I told Gary, I hope that SOB is working that front door because he's going to get an earful from me, you know. <laughs> I don't sleep in a tent anymore on a driving range. I flew on Gary Player's private jet. How do you like me now? Yep. 
Yeah. So I, but, but we worked then, then we played the next week at uh, Lytham and St. Anne's and, and for a, a, for a, a senior major, it was frankly, it was pretty rinky dink. I, I, well, I can see that, you know, and, and one of the things that I think people don't understand when they, when they watch, uh, now it's what the champions tour, uh, you got to keep the name straight anymore because they change them depending on the sponsorship. But I don't think people realize sometimes that those courses are not really a step down when the, when the senior guys are playing them, when the champions are playing them, I mean, they're cut and the green stimp out and all that, just like they would a regular tournament. They're, they're tough. They are. They're just not as long, though. That's, yeah. that's, as a matter of fact, a funny story. We um, we used to play the Tournament of Champions at La Costa uh, the January of every year. And um, they it was one of the few events where the, the seniors were playing with the, the round bellies were playing with the flat bellies. Yep. And um, but the, the seniors were playing at uh, forward tees. And. Arnold was was playing in the tournament and he and his caddy and the, his playing partner and his caddy weren't paying attention. And they teed off from the back tees and it caused a big stink and there was a big uh, to do about it. Well, Arnold said, if you know, we, we should be playing from the same tees. And if we're going to play from the forward tees, we might as well, you know, we might as well be wearing uh, skirts inferring that they were you know ladies sure well chichi chichi took advantage of the situation and he, he showed up on the driving range the next day with a skirt on and it was the funniest damn thing you've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> you know and and jeff that's that that's what i'm talking about that was you know the fun that we had out there i mean were we making the zillions of dollars and i'm talking about players and caddies no but you know what we had fun and we laughed did the players always, for the most part, Larry, get along? I mean, you know, you hear stories like of Vijay Singh, who was notoriously diff difficult to get along with at times. Uh, some players just didn't, just didn't mesh. I mean, it just, you know, it was sandpaper to sandpaper type thing. But when you were on the tour, did they... Did they do it in a professional courtesy or did they actually get along and like each other? Very much like high school, Jeff, it was very cliquish. So mm -hmm. certain certain players palled around with other players. They they hung out together away from the golf course. They dined together, um, you know, but but there there were some. There were some players that clearly did not get along with with many of the other players, and and unfortunately, Bruce Crampton was one of those. Now, oddly enough, Bruce was was friends with Orville Moody, with Sarge Moody. They played in the Legends of Golf together a couple of years. As a matter of fact, I was on the receiving end of two of those victories, and so they were Bruce and Orville were uh, unlikely friends because Orville was really laid back, uh, a lot of fun. Hmm. I know that. I mean, because. I just read the Bob Herring's book. Uh, Bob was on the show not long ago about the rivalry between Phil and Tiger. Of course, that's kind of the generation we're in at this point and how they 
it seemed to me that they tried a few times to get along, but it just their personalities wouldn't let them. Um, and that changed a little bit over the years, but now with L- LIV golf, I'm not sure that that's, you know, they're getting the welcome to the front door deal anymore, but, uh, I've always kind of been curious about that because they're, uh, you know, you, you see them now, I got to ask you a question. You mentioned Tommy oh. armor in the book. Okay. And Tommy Aaron. Yeah. And um, I tried to interview him once. That didn't work out so well. Okay. We're talking about the former, the 71 Masters champion, Tommy Aaron? No, t- Tommy Armour. Oh, no, no. I didn't mention Tommy Armour. I mentioned Tommy Aaron. Okay. Well, then I got yeah. my wires crossed there. Yeah, yeah. No, that was 71 Open, uh, the 71 Masters champion. Okay. Yeah. Tommy, okay. Tom, you know what's funny, uh, Jeff? Some of the players really, <laughs> they really disliked me because, especially when I was on Crampton's bag, because they disliked him. And Tommy was one of those guys. Boy, Tommy hated my guts. <laughs> wow. Which, you know, okay. You know, I don't got to be liked by everybody. Yeah. Talk about guilt through association. Yeah, it was pretty much it. And I remember he uh, he yelled at me, claimed I got, I was on Chi-Chi's bag. And he claimed I got on his way on the golf course and he gave me an earful and I just ignored him. And when Chichi caught wind of it, he, he, he said, what was that all about? And I said, I oh, was just giving me crap about, you know, he said I got in his way on the 18th fairway. He, and he couldn't go at the green anyway. He was waiting for George Archer to putt out. Chichi got pretty agitated and told me to go drop him like a bag of dirt. I said, pardon me. He said, I want you to go and knock him out. <laughs> it just made me laugh i said cheech you know i'll never work on another tour again which you know just really got him riled up maybe if you'd have done that cheech would have given you just handed you the keys to that motorhome without you saying anything about it could, could be could you know could be um hey by the way i need i need to take issue you know i did i i started out sleeping in tents on the driving ranges and living like a like a dog but you know i i ended up fly, uh, working for players who fortunately had their own planes. So it was really nice to be able to fly with Chi Chi and um, he covered all my expenses and uh, that opened. And like I said, that I worked 93 uh, at St. George's. I flew with player. Um, So it, you know, even I experienced some of the evolution in, in the financial aspect of the game. Do you, we talked a little bit about this before we started the interview. Do you ever, see gary or chi chi or any of those guys how long has it been since you've seen them or talked to them you know i i talked to chi chi probably a decade ago unfortunately you know we just don't really stay in touch much i used to see gary every year at the you know the the local tournament here uh used to be sponsored by humana the healthcare provider so gary was uh their their celebrity host uh you know jack lalena the links right right so I used to see Gary once a year, and that was that was always fun to have have lunch with him over at the tournament every Saturday. Every we did that for about three or four years, and that was good fun to see him. I haven't seen Gary in, a, in quite a while. Um, I, I'd be remiss not to bring up. You know, people have asked me about two things specifically. I'm I'm surprised you haven't asked me about the live tour. Um, the long and short of it for me is, uh, you know. 
Ian Poulter's got a great point. He says, look, I've played my whole professional career on nine different tours and it's never been an issue, but now because it's the Saudis, it's an issue. So I do see that side of the, of the argument, mm-hmm. but at the same time, a, a large part of my message in golf road is how much money contaminates everything. Yeah. And I, you know, Jeff, let me ask you a question. Sure. Have you watched one of the live tour events? I watched about 20 minutes of it. On what was it like? Uh, it reminded me of a low-rent NASCAR event. <laughs> it just, it's to me, it's just, look, I'm not afraid of change. And, you know, I think they're, they need to change some things. I mean, let's face it, the, you know, the skins game. Yeah. Skins game is, is tired. It's a tired old format. Uh, stick a fork in it, you know, and I'm, I, so, you know, having a different format, I'd love to see him play more match play golf. I know there's usually, there's one match play event. I mean, that's, that's, I think it'd be fun to play stymies. You know, I was watching some old, uh, I was watching uh, an older golf movie about Francis we met and, you know, they used to play stymies back then. Wouldn't that be fun? They have a tournament. You know, it's so some kind of a change I'm not afraid of, but um, I think the live uh, the whole live thing is going to implode, and these guys are going to they're they're going to want to come back into the fray, and I, I don't think that's going to go over well. I uh, I'll tell you more about that after the we hang when we stop the recording, but I I've been to Saudi Arabia, and um, they treated me like royalty, but not so different than other things when they're done with you they're done with you and the one thing that people have to understand is they look at the world differently it's a different country it's a different culture of course they're going to look at things differently but they will only go so far with the friction that this has caused right now greg norman has got this big cheshire cat smile about stuff and, you know, he's doing what Greg Norman does and more power to him, except the fact that in dealing with uh, the folks in Saudi Arabia, uh, right now they're they're battling stuff in court and the judge has is- issued some um, strict warnings and stuff to them about complying. Well, a lot of times they don't feel like they have to comply. They've yeah. got more money than God, so they just won't do it. So. I think you're right. As time goes on, this is going to fade. Um, and some of those guys, maybe like Ian Poulter, maybe Ian will just, if it's a couple of years down the road, maybe he'll just hang out till he can play on the champions tour or something. I don't know. We'll just yeah. have to see how it shakes out, but you know, you're, you're, you're taking orders from people with a different worldview and, I'm not sure any of these guys are prepared for that. So we'll see. Well, and, and you look at what, what did Dustin Johnson, they, they say that he made, uh, what was the figure? It was $65 million in six months. I mean, right. that's, you know, God bless him, but that's in a word obscene. Yeah. That's, it's obscene. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's, um who is it patrick pat perez uh didn't really place in any of the live tournaments but he made 
$14 million last, last summer for his share of the, cause they have the team event too, you know, intertwined in that and his share of the team event winnings and his guaranteed to show up made him 14 million bucks. Yeah, I mean, good. That, good work. If you can find it, huh, Jeff. Yeah. I don't see anybody knocking on my door, offering me that kind of stuff, but no, anyway. no. no. Okay, okay. Larry, one last thing. What would your message to the world be on golf? Anything you want. You know what? It's a great game. Don't let anybody fool you. I think one of my biggest problems, people say, oh, golf is so boring and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. Golf is a great game. You know what the best thing about golf is, Jeff? You can play till you're 90 years old. If good Lord willing, you, you live that long. Yep. It's a game of a lifetime. It's a game of honor. It's fun. You're outdoors. Just play faster. Just play faster. That's it. Yeah, no, it's a great game. And don't let anybody tell you it's it's boring and, and what have you. There's nothing like nothing like hitting a driver right in the screws, right? Right. Absolutely. And I even manage that once in a while. Me um, too. <laughs> uh, Lawrence Molestic here, his new book, call him Larry, uh, Golf Road. My time with the masters of the game. Great stories about him working with Chichi Rodriguez, uh, Bruce Crampton, the whole crew back there. And uh, Larry, it's been great. And, and I wish you the best of luck with your book. Jeff, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Your call really made my day the other day. And um, give me a call any anytime. I'd love to be back on uh, if, if you would like that. We can do that. We can do that. Mm -hmm. That's going to wrap it up for After Hours this week. Uh, we thank you for listening. We will be back next week. I, who's uh, with us next week? I think Keith Jarvis uh, from Keith Jarvis Golf back in New Jersey is going to be with us next week. Anyway, you'll see us whether you like to or not. So everybody take care. Go have some fun and be kind. <laughs>